Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. Fun show today. Uh, if you have been around the Admirals in the last roughly 20 years, uh, you know this guy not only uh, off the ice, but uh, a big part of what goes on on the ice as well. Uh, he's the Admirals Vice President of Ticket Sales, John Bitter, joining us. Uh, thanks for doing this, John. We really appreciate it. Uh, how is, it's an unfair question, how is your summer going? Uh, no, that's a, the same boat. Right. No, that's a great question, Aaron. I'm glad you asked. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say that for every question you ask because it <laughs> yeah, gives me time to yeah, think of my that's, answer. Yeah, that's why you, that's one of the reasons you're a great guest. <laughs> one of the many reasons. It was, it's, it's hopefully the longest off season we're ever going to have. Um, and it's so weird to look back on March and it doesn't seem that long ago, right. but it was, right? Yeah. I'm still like, uh, I just got the kids' pool set up in the backyard, and it's, uh, you know, mid-August here, uh, because I keep thinking in my weeks. mind that summer hasn't started yet. Yeah. Um, it's been a really good summer. The business side stinks. The what could have been uh stinks but i remember making these calls sending these emails trying to do my best to reach out to all of our fans our season ticket holders our group leaders our individual ticket buyers with the news that hey you know this isn't happening um let's talk about next steps and Specifically, the season ticket holders made this process almost borderline enjoyable because so many people were looking at this like, well, all right, just take the money and roll it over to next year. You know, we want to support the team. They knew the predicament that we were in. I mean, they knew that we had some sellout games in front of us. They knew that we had a great team. And they wanted to do their part to give back to the organization. I mean, they're facing problems of their own, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, when we had, uh, when people received um, these, I don't know if they're were called stimulus checks or not, but when they got the money, right, for this uh, COVID relief, a lot of them turned around and said, hey, I just got this money. Can I put that towards my tickets for next season? And so with all of the uncertainty, with all the disappointment, the, the fans made this about as great of a situation as it could be. So I, I know everybody sits there and says, oh, we've got the greatest fans in sports or in hockey or in Milwaukee. Uh, but I'm going to stand by that for sure because they made this whole process, this difficult time, enjoyable. I'm just curious with you. You love to talk to people. And I'm curious, um, I th- listening and listening is what makes a good salesperson. I'm curious if you, because you've had this job for a long time. I'm curious if you could, if you could easily transfer into another, not that we're trying to get rid of you. Maybe we are. Curious, I, <laughs> yeah. I, we're just, we're just dipping our toe in the water a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh <laughs> Just curious. I'm just curious because, like you said, um, it's easy to say you have the best fans ever in every single team. There are how many professional sports teams, how many college sports, you know, high school, whatever, right? Like, uh, Simley Spartans fans are the best fan, you know, that kind of. Simley Spartans wrestling fans are the best fan, that kind of thing, right? Uh, that was a shout out to my high school. Um, but could could you easily? you've developed a passion obviously. So maybe, maybe we should circle back and say, did you have that passion when you first got this job? Was hockey the passion or was it just people the passion? Uh, hockey was not the passion. Uh, I grew up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, my boyhood home. And we never had, I mean, in addition, everybody knows, right. Uh, the state of Wisconsin doesn't have an NHL team and uh, well, Wisconsin or Oshkosh didn't have a high school team, a youth hockey team. It just wasn't a thing. Um, and, and I, you know, my, I remember watching games. I mean, certainly you knew the bigger, you know, I knew who Wayne Gretzky is uh, and was, but it wasn't a, 
it wasn't a uh, motivation for me to necessarily be working for a hockey team. So, but sports, sports was because I always I first wanted to go into sales, and that was first and foremost. I hear in my I've been like with the team since '03, uh, so in that 17 years, I've heard a lot of people say I'll. I'll do whatever I can to work in sports. I mean, I'll wash bathrooms. I'll uh, just to say that I work for a sports team is my priority. That was never the case for me. I always wanted to be a sales professional, salesperson. And for that reason, Aaron, that you were talking about earlier, I like working with people. I like talking to people. Um, so I wanted to work in sales. And I had heard along the way that, well, if, you, if you're going to be good at selling something, you should be passionate about your product. So I thought, well, what can I be passionate about? Uh, and I couldn't find any sales jobs with Miller Brewing. So I, uh, <laughs> I thought, okay, I'll go the sports gig uh, because I can get behind a team. And, you know, I, I guess maybe this is going to be a long answer to your um, That's all right. My question was your long. Your question, so. yeah, was long. <laughs> and uh, I'm in college at uh, Ripon College, and one of my fraternity brothers, Sigma Chi, uh, that's a shout out. Yeah. So my fraternity brother had a gig as an intern with the uh, Wisconsin Timber Rattlers baseball team. Now, he was a year older than me. Uh, two years, two years older. Me. Two years, well, he didn't act two years older than me. Get it right. <laughs> and uh, this... Um, somewhat arrogant older fraternity brother of mine. Uh, I, I remember asking him, hey, I, I heard that you did this gig with the internship with the Timber Rattlers, how do I do it? And uh, one Charlie Larson uh, said, well, here's who you should call. And that was the last time he ever talked to me that semester. <laughs> no, I and, and I wrote down on a piece of paper a, a, a phone number for uh, for uh, the gas station in Ripon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great uh, that it? you knew the gas station's number. Yeah, <laughs> those were the days before cell phones, man. We yeah, had well, to remember I, phone numbers. I don't even remember my parents' number anymore. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I got the gig uh, with the Timber Rattlers, and uh, uh, thanks to Charlie's help, and went well. Um, that was my sophomore, my, my summer between sophomore and uh, my junior year. So I still had some schooling in front of me. Uh, but finally, graduation comes 2002. And I'm still thinking about wanting to do sales. Looking at sports is a good option for me. Uh, it worked once before. I'll try it again. Charlie is working now with the Milwaukee Admirals hockey team. So I thought, well, Milwaukee seems like a fun place to live. Uh, it's no rip in Wisconsin, but I'm sure there's things to do there. So called up to Charlie and said, hey, remember me? Uh, let's do this again. Can you, uh, can you point me in the direction of getting a job? And Charlie, you did. You came through and you got me an interview. Um, with Phil? Who did you interview with? No, uh, gentleman Aaron Doberstein, I believe, right, Charlie? Yeah, Aaron was the director of ticket sales, who's the one who hired me. And um, we had a guy whose name is Dan Schauer. He had worked here for a number of years, but he was leaving because he had just gotten married and had a, uh, a baby and needed a little bit more. Uh, just to hit, uh, and he lived out in Watertown um, and just needed a little bit more time uh, uh, on nights and weekends, and he was getting that with this new job. So we had an opening. And I knew John W. Bitter would be perfect for this position. And so we had the interview set up. And, uh, and well, John's late. Well, and, and I'm like, well, well Bitter. Like, and he's you, your guy. He's my guy. You know, like, what, what's going on? And, uh, and, 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 well, you, and you were sweating just sweating profusely. This is in August or July, I guess. I don't remember the time frame exactly. Uh, and just sweating buckets as he, when he gets in the door. And I was like, what's going on? And, uh, well, you could tell the rest, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, if it was 
be at the Bradley Center on time. I was, I was on time. I was early. Uh, I uh, got there in my parents' uh, Aerostar. Uh, and I, you know, I, I don't like wrinkles now, and I didn't like them back then. So I uh, had my pants, my shirt, my blazer, all uh, hanging up in the back of uh, the minivan. And I pulled in front of um, Turner Hall. And I hop in the back. It's, an, it's the extended version. You know, Bill Bitter didn't go cheap on Aerostars. So uh, I had plenty of room to change. But as you mentioned, it was hot. Yeah, and so I'm already working up a little bit of a lather getting dressed for this thing. And I make it out and I go up to, it was then Lobby A, uh, the main entrance. And, you know, there's what, like 13 doors there. All right, this one doesn't work. I'll try the next one. Nope. <laughs> this one. So I'm, I'm not getting in. And, uh, okay, I'm doing all right for time. I got like, if I, I got like seven minutes here. So now I kind of have a brisk pace. And I'm going to uh, the other entrance on the corner of uh, State and then 4th Street. Same deal. None of these doors are opening. And now, now I've got a light jog going on to uh, find another <laughs> set of doors. So there's four entrances, right? And none of them are working for me. I am running uh, in my blazer, which again, I already had a sweat going on. Plus I'm getting nervous that, uh, you know, as I keep looking at my watch. So, uh, Charlie never told me, I guess, which door to come in. I guess it would have been common knowledge to go to arena control, uh, through the secured parking area. But, uh, I never figured that out. Uh, eventually I got in there and I was probably, I don't know, maybe 12 minutes late, yeah, 15, but I don't think anybody remembers how many minutes I was late because I was so <laughs> out of breath and just it's dripping just sweat. Sweating. <laughs> I hired Chris Farley. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was uh, one step away of rubbing an air freshener uh, all over me. <laughs> That's so, that, so, uh, so the Admiral's dream died with the sweat dripping off your forehead. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't have hired me either. Um, yeah. <laughs> who's, uh, I remember um, a receptionist at the time just looking at me like, what is wrong with this? <laughs> oh. So, yeah, if you're doing the math, right, I graduated in 2002, but I didn't start to till 03. I didn't get the job. Um, we, so we actually we hired a guy named John. Uh, this guy had the deepest – he, she's probably doing voiceover work in radio somewhere. Um, and he was a big, who was the Green Party candidate in 2000? Uh, Nader. Nader, Ralph Nader. He was a huge Nader supporter, so much so that he was still doing work for Ralph Nader in 2002. He was volunteering for him. And I don't think Nader was doing anything for him, but he was still doing work for, and that took up most of his time. He was a horrible salesperson didn't sell anything and um <laughs> but you know what he didn't sweat yeah i guess not uh so then what happened that so you replaced this guy then and they already had your name tag and you you just walked in on this john guy or what well um i was doing again i wanted to do sales and uh i wanted to move down to milwaukee anyway um so another fraternity brother of ours greg and i we moved down to milwaukee and uh over i had a job for a month um that didn't work out and i transitioned to uh, uh helping uh inside sales with uh in a industrial door company mm -hmm. uh, and i liked it and i and i was quite frankly, being groomed to uh, have my own territory. And I really learned a lot. Uh, I had a guy, my boss, Tim Burke, who, uh, Charlie, he played tennis against you once. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, he would have us do these training exercises every Friday. And it was only three people in the department. But we would do role playing and we would read and he would, I mean, he gave me cassette tapes to listen to. And I thought, okay, it's fine. Um, and I never really, 
gave it as much credit at the time as I should have, because then all of a sudden I get a call from Charlie that says, Hey, you still looking to work in sports? And I hadn't talked to Charlie that entire summer. Uh, Cause I was a little perturbed that I didn't get the job. I mean, I probably ruined a good shirt uh, running around the, <laughs> probably uh, the blazer center. too. Yeah. Um, and uh, you were, you initially offered me a position as a paid intern, but I said, you know what? I need insurance. Uh, I'd really, you know, like to be full-time my next gig. And, and I'm pretty sure that by this time, Aaron Doberstein had quit. He was the director of ticket sales. John had the John, the John that we hired yeah. over you had quit. So I was now the director of ticket sales, but the admirals had no money. This is after Jane Pettit had died. And I said, and we needed a sales guy. And I said, I got the perfect guy. I said to Phil Whitliff, our general manager, I said, I've got the perfect guy. He said, well, 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 you know, this is my best Phil in person. Well, you think he'll do it for, uh, for an hourly in commission? I, I said, I don't know, Phil. I guess I, we can try and we can see. And, and John said what, just what he was saying. He's like, I got to have insurance. I got to have a full-time gig. And then I went back to Phil and I said that. And I said, I, I mean, do you think we can do something full-time? Well, I got to talk to Fran. And Fran was uh, the admiral's governor at the time who was in charge of Jane Pettit's estate. Right. And he got approval for a minimal amount of money. I actually felt bad telling you how much it was going to pay. Um, but, you know. Well, you know what? And I remember. wanted to work in sports. Well, and I called my dad and uh, I said, you know, what should I do? And he said, John, you've never had any money. Why start now? <laughs> uh, that's, you know what that's great advice yeah that is that's great advice and there's a todd, uh, there's a todd snyder song that says uh watch what you say to someone with nothing it's almost like having it all oof. and it's a great line like what do you got to lose yeah and um and i so i started uh then well my first day was supposed to be the fourth monday in july of 2003 but uh i negotiated a tuesday start time because the third weekend in um july is rock fest yeah so basically i mean uh, i think that all works out on a calendar basically i was supposed to come to work the monday after rock fest and i knew that wouldn't be a good idea there's a good band so, sunday night right yeah and uh and no in doubt Kadat. a good one yeah, in Kadat, Wisconsin. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I remember I got in there Tuesday and, uh, you know, I enjoyed myself. But my first voicemail of, you know, you've reached the desk of John Bitter was so, you've reached the desk of John Bitter with your Milwaukee Admirals. <laughs> because, I mean, it was probably, I mean, you know, you name it, uh, maybe poison. It was, it was a, I know that there was no way that I was going to miss the concert. So, um, and that's what started. And to go back to your original question, uh, 30 minutes ago, Aaron, uh, I got to know people in a hurry. I mean, I'm selling something that people are passionate about. Right. And so it was just, so we talk about sales being a transfer of enthusiasm, right. but you need to be excited about your product so that they can be excited about it. Well, early on, it was I was working with people that were so darn excited about Admirals Hockey that it sold me on what a great product it was. And it was at a weird time, right? As Charlie mentioned, um, we were... The doors could shut tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I really didn't know what we were getting, what I was getting into. Um, but the first year that 03 is the year that we won. Yeah. And um, I'd like to think I was the difference. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Do you Fact check it. Do you remember who your first sale was uh, back then? Or do you, are there still season ticket holders that you sold that year that are still around now? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, I really have to go through my notes, which I still have. Um, but, you know, I, you, you remember – um, you know, Dave Jorgensen comes to mind. He wasn't my, uh, 
I didn't sell him, but I mean, he was just a guy that was having so much fun bringing groups out all the time, buying extra seats. Uh, just, he was just, he was one of those guys that was so excited about Admirals hockey and he spent, he had his kids coming out to the games with him and they had so much fun. It was so infectious. Um, Jim Hutchison, uh, who uh, I talked to this morning uh, and he says, hello. As I mentioned that I was going to be uh, uh, on with the two of you and uh, just, I, I might stop here because I know I'm going to miss yeah, so right. many people that made a huge impact and really me staying with the organization. Um, this is, there's a reason I'm still doing this after 17 years and I have no desire to ever leave ticket sales uh, or to move on to what some feel is a, a bigger job sponsorship. That's, that's not my game. Uh, I dig working with the people and helping them enjoy Admiral's hockey. And lately my job as we have grown uh, the sales department is working with the other sales professionals and helping them uh, fall in love with this gig and help our fans and uh, very blessed, but it's the people that have kept me on board uh, this long and the staff too. You mentioned that 03-04 season. You win the Calder, the Admirals win the Calder Cup in 04 uh, in Pennsylvania. Um, we've asked, Charlie's talked about this. Wojo, we've talked with about this. What, what are your memories, everybody who's been a part of that team that's been on this podcast, what are your memories of going to Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania and, uh, and what turned out to be a celebration? Well, we took a, uh, we took a big van passenger van from Milwaukee to Wilkes-Barre. By the way, real quick, was there, was there no question that everybody was going budget-wise or uh, free time-wise? There was no question everybody was going? Or was there an issue like, okay, well, you know what, we've got, we've got enough money for six people to go, not seven or something? Uh, like that. Well, you know, that's a good question here, and I don't remember exactly. We were going to have to spend two nights in the hotels uh, because we play we, – we work – we – Game three was a Friday night, and I, we, I remember watching it at uh, Friday's front row at Miller Park because they were the only place that could get the, the regional sports network out of uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah. Pennsylvania. It wasn't even, I don't even know if it was Pittsburgh because Wilkes-Barre is on the east side of the state and well, Pittsburgh farther, is, yeah. uh, on the west side of the state. And so we watched it there, and then I think we had all decided, okay, if we win this, we're going. But if we don't win this, then we're probably not because we can't afford more days in the hotel. Speculation, yeah. Yeah, so it was a Saturday. So if we win, we're going to meet at 10 o'clock at, uh, at the Bradley Center. And we went to the 15-passenger fan from, I don't know, Woj pulled a deal from somewhere. He knew a guy who knew a guy who uh, had, had this 15-passenger van just sitting in his yard ready to go for someone. And so – and it was – we had nobody in the front office. We had, by then we had had, we had six full-time people. One was Phil and Phil was gone already. So it was John Bitter and I and Woj. Woj drove, Bitter sat shotgun. Um, and uh, you controlled the radio. Did you sit shotgun or did I? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think we never got a chance to turn the radio on. Woj started telling stories. And next thing you know, we're in Cleveland. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're driving 100 miles an hour uh, through Pennsylvania, and Woj gets pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So, and then there was a, a few other people, like Trish Rebeck. Uh, her dad was on. Yeah, her dad, Al. Her dad, Al, who was a big – he was a season ticket holder for a while and big fan. Paul Foley. And Paul Foley, who worked in the front office. And Fran um, – had Fran, did she drive with us? I don't remember. Yeah, because um, she flew back, but I don't remember if she drove. She drove down with us. She drove with us. And and Roscoe. Different Fran, by the way, that you were talking yes, about. Before. Not, yeah, not, not yeah. Fran Croak, Fran Eddy, who served in the animal's office for 30 years. And uh, um, she, and then Nick, a guy named Nick Mazer, who was the backup Roscoe. Huh. Um, and I don't remember, was there who, was there anybody else there bitter? Uh, not to my knowledge, but I'm sure we're forgetting. 
probably somebody. Some poor kid in the back that uh, nobody talked to the whole <laughs> yeah, way. Right, who's listening to this podcast. Like, I can't <laughs> wait for them to mention my name. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it was fun. And, you know, it was my first year, as noted earlier. But you got to remember, this is the, uh, you know, the fourth round. So we had three other rounds of partying and celebrating and, and boy, we had so much fun. It was, I, for a group of people that I just met a few months ago, I was uh, very comfortable and uh, it, it was a family um, so quickly. And to Charlie's point, because there weren't a whole lot of us either. I mean, leading up to this, we're trying to get people to what we knew were going to be uh, in the world of hockey, big games. And we're standing outside. Uh, I remember being on the overpass uh, over 43. <laughs> we have um, no marketing, no playoff. No budget like, for anything, yeah. We have a budget, but the budget ends April 14th, whenever the la or whatever the last regular season game is. There's no budget for the playoffs. So <laughs> we're just, just about a mile outside of downtown, I'm on an overpass on 43 uh, with Roscoe. And a sign that says, you know, game Friday game, night. Game tonight or whatever. Yeah. Ah. And, and there like, is really, such a trend. Really, this is just grassroots. Uh, like Oh, that's, yeah. That's yard sale. Put it on yes. the stop sign. Or put it on the uh, street light. Yeah. yeah. Garage sale. And, and even, even that was expensive because we had to figure, okay, well, maybe we can use this game Friday a few more times this year. Help, you know, uh, yeah, right. justify the, the cost of it. Game Friday. Yeah. Um, I think we had game Friday and game tonight. What, what more does a marketing team need? No. And so we're standing and there is, Definitely I mean, this not is, a Wednesday. No. Uh, Thankfully not. Well, and you know, we're going to try to get the most bang for our buck out of that uh, poster size sign. So we're doing this at rush hour and it is just a wall. I mean, you, you know, so many people are backed up and you look behind you and there's nobody so, <laughs> like the uh, worst so, traffic jams <laughs> uh, so so they think sheriff's officer comes up to us and uh you know roscoe can't speak so i'm doing the uh, i'm doing the talking for the two of us and actually i didn't get to say much at all basically so you know okay, you can stay here if you want. Uh, but, uh, well, basically, if you, you're not in trouble now. But if this keeps up and you continue to cause this backup, we're, we're going to, uh, you know, give you, so I don't know if it was a disorderly conduct or something. And I get it, right? I mean, we were uh, causing some issues. It was but, on, like, um, on the traffic reports, there were like this was back when you know there was actually an eye in the sky where some yeah, guy yeah. and and he say and and he's and one of his reports was really there's some big orange thing on an over because we're at multiple we have two Roscos right so that's a little bit of inside hockey for you there's two Roscos and two Roscoe suits so we're on multiple overpasses and this guy I don't I don't know if it was Tom Carr or I don't know whatever. He's saying on the air, there's some big orange thing standing on an overpass, and it's causing major backups if you're coming up I-43 or wherever we're going. It was, it was. I, I felt, I, I didn't. It was almost WKRP esque. Yeah. Uh, and that, <laughs> oh, that's humanity. Right. <laughs> and and uh, I, I. Well, that's, that's just it. That that begs the I question. Felt, I should. felt good about that. Yeah. Well, and as as you should, I, but. You know, I'm curious if if an arrest would have would have been great publicity kind of thing, right? right? Like, if you if, if Bitter and Roscoe could have been arrested, a Milwaukee have, Admirals employee was arrested for uh, causing backups, well, you know, something like that, right? That, have, that's uh, like seriously, that's like third story in the news. Yeah, well, we had the Milwaukee Admirals uh, employee arrested, but that we don't want to go there. That was not a good situation. But, well, uh, I guess uh, I guess I blew it, Aaron. Bitter. Yeah, should have uh, should have taken one for the team. Um, <laughs> That's right. It would have been so worth it, right? Have a record for yeah. Uh, so back to the uh, van trip, we were uh, in, near Cleveland, 
And, uh, and I remember, I remember this because uh, these were some of the places I saw cities for what I used to call on for industrial doors, right? Hey, this is, I remember uh, calling this some meat packing plant in this city. You probably um, remember the area code, right? Yeah. Um, and we got a call. I'm pretty sure Woj got a call from Claude Noel, head coach that uh, said, you know, hey, if we win this thing, um, we're going to need some champagne. And this game took place on a Sunday. So there was concern that we weren't going to be able to buy any champagne. And we found a liquor store and cleared them out. I mean, if we did have that passenger driver or that, uh, that passenger that we can't remember, they may have been left behind because we needed room for, for the champagne. Uh, cases of champagne. Um, but so it, wasn't, I re- I re- it wasn't enough at the first ga- at the first liquor store. We had to go to like a CVS or the equivalent. Yeah, and we're both. running low on and we're running low on time too because it was getting close to right, seven o'clock or, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and my my best moment of that trip, my most unforgettable moment, I should say, is uh, we're up. What was the final of that game? 7-3? I think so. 7-2. 7-2. Seven seven two. Seven two, yeah. yeah. And it must have been 5-2 at this point, close enough. And we we're going into the the third intermission or the third period. Second intermission was going to be starting soon. Uh, and it looked pretty good. And if, uh, you know, Mike Wojciechowski, uh, like many in sports, is a bit superstitious. So we didn't have any of the champagne or beer with us. That was chilling in Woj's bathtub back at the hotel. Along with Woj. Yeah, <laughs> keeping an eye on it. Uh, so again, before, I think it was a little bit before the um, second intermission started, Woj taps me on the shoulder and he's like, all right, let's go. And we, uh, it was dubbed Operation Hockey Gods. And we went back to the hotel, got some uh, hockey bags, filled them up, and uh, made our way back to the arena. And we're going in the side door and, uh, you know, getting through security, like, you know, who are these idiots with uh, two bags that keep clinking, uh, which every step you took, clink, 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 uh, the champagne bottles and uh uh, beer bottles. I've been in, I've been in Wilkes-Barre. Uh, we went a couple of years. Um, is it that long hallway? You came in from the one end and it was a long hallway. You go, you go by their dressing room and the coach's office and all right. of that. And then you got to walk yes. in. It's, it's the length of the rink that you got to get to this place. And, you're right. And I just remember like, this is happening. And I uh, took the opportunity to call my folks and you know my mom answers and I say mom we're gonna win you know we're we're gonna win the Calder Cup and she says that's nice what else is new (laughs) (laughs) like I you know I hadn't been with the team I mean not even a year, right? So this is all new for them too. And she probably, she knew I was on my trip and wanted to know how things were going and making sure her son was well fed. And uh, so it just, uh, you know, she was cool under the pressure. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, uh, it, it really, I just remember when it hit me and what a unique position to be in uh, as you're, you know, carrying champagne into the locker room. Uh, and, and I also think it was kind of a big deal because we had Miller Lite, a uh, proud sponsor at that time of your Milwaukee Admirals, and it was not a Miller building, if I'm uh, not mistaken. So I, I just remember, or at least Woj wanted to make sure we had Miller Lite in there, and why not? It's delicious. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you, you, you know, you, you were not brought up on hockey as you talked about before. So while you're an expert on the admirals, right. Do you know, obviously who 
da- uh, Darren Hadar and Vern Fiddler. And, oh, yeah. You, you know, you know all about those guys, but maybe some of the older guys in hockey history, you didn't have so much knowledge about. Uh, and I, and, and, but maybe you came across some of those guys. Uh, uh, you know, maybe, well, you maybe know, there's this particular story I'm thinking about, and I think you should be the one to tell it. Um, you're right though, Charlie, it is important to know your product. We talked about sales before and and I knew my, I knew the players well. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'd see them around. Um, we'd hang out once in a while. Um, or at least I would hang out at their hangouts <laughs> and, uh, uh, I, I updated the uh, news and notes back right. then. So, the season ticket uh, holders. Yep. right. So I got to know those things well. Um, but I didn't concern myself with those outside of my, uh, my hockey world. And we got a phone call, the main line. Um, and this was even, this was, I think, Charlie, the following year. I think it was because Fran and Paul had been let go by then. Yeah. Right. Sadly, we were down to four people, Charlie, myself, Woj, and Phil Whitliff, as far as full-time staffers go. So um, I was answering the main line a lot. And this is during our playoff run. You know, we're, I mean, we were primed. We were looking to go back to back. And uh, the league only let us have so many complimentary tickets uh, because they want to make money on the playoffs too, right? And the players get a cut of that. So uh, there's, there were rules in place that you could only give out so many uh, free tickets and we were every, every team would get uh, have to fill out an audit afterwards of how they used their tickets and what tickets were free and um, we couldn't afford to be buying tickets you know if all of a sudden I, I, if it was 500 free tickets and we gave out uh, 530 we couldn't afford to pay so for those 30. 30 tickets back yeah. to the league so um, doing my due diligence here to help the organization. Uh, I got a phone call. The guy called in the main line and he wanted to speak to Phil about tickets for that night's game or Friday. And it was, it was an upcoming game. Right. And I knew, Hey, okay, here we go with the, uh, all the uh, open hand. We're the defending champions. Everyone wants to see us, right? Yeah. For free, no less. So I put him on hold and uh, I go back to Phil's, um, office. I say, Phil, I got this guy on the phone. I think he's looking for free tickets to the game. Uh, his name is um, Scotty, Scotty Bowman. Do you want me to get rid of him? And <laughs> Phil looks at me and he just smiles. And he says, no, no, John, I'll take this one. Thank you, though. So I go back to the uh, main line, pick it up. All right, chance for you now. Well, that was that. All right. At least you didn't get on the uh, back on the phone and be like, "Hey, you know, I I, did, I guess he'll talk to you. It's fine, you know, whatever." Yeah, but I should have said, "Just so you know, before I, yeah. you were taking uh, money away from this organization." <laughs> That's good. That's real. Yeah. Good. That was how um, soon after? How soon after did you understand who, who Scotty Bowman was? Oh, say, Phil came parading out of his office to be like, "Hey, John, you know, uh, look, eight, get a load of this guy, everybody!" Right? Yeah, eight-time Stanley Cup winner, however many it was, uh, Hockey Hall of Famer, um, and he was there with his son Stan, who's now the assist, or now the general manager of the Blackhawks. But back then, he was only he was just a scout for the Blackhawks. But Scotty would come up every once in a while and sit with Stan. And that's probably what happened on this occasion. Um, but it's, it's pretty cool to see, see Stan Bowman just, you know, or Scotty Bowman at cool to see Stan too, but see yeah. Scotty Bowman sitting there uh, watching your games. Yeah. Well, you would have had to have pointed him out to me. Uh, <laughs> and it's probably a good thing you didn't. Cause I would have shaken him down for 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Phil, Phil got me all the time too. Uh, in the office. Um, I mean, I, I had such a nice time working with Phil and, you know, we mentioned earlier that he uh, was the one who interviewed me and uh, asked me zero questions about hockey, um, which, you know, maybe had he asked me uh, something about Scotty Bowman, um, 
He wouldn't have hired you. Yeah, or I would have uh, said a few things to Scotty when I had him on the phone. I call him Scotty. Yeah. But isn't that um, a savvy move? Isn't that a savvy move by him then? You don't need to know hockey. He's trying to Phil, – Phil at that time is trying – and everybody else is trying to sell a product. You, whatever that product may be, and you, you, hey, John, we need you to sell this mayonnaise. Okay, I can talk to people. We can, get, we can talk about mayonnaise, whatever. Yeah, I, I, well, I appreciated uh, his lack of hockey questions. Uh, he asked me if I like Notre Dame football. Uh, and uh to which i said yes sure who doesn't and uh and then he asked me about oshkosh had a um or still has a country usa and he asked if i had ever gone to country usa i've been there a few times so So, uh that's actually that's a pretty good transition because besides your passion for admirals hockey we think which everyone knows about you also have a passion for music and in particular, you've got a passion for uh, Poison. Certainly. And yeah, it's the, uh, my favorite band of all your, time. Your favorite band. And so we brought in uh, uh, Brett Michaels. And, and it, arguably the height of his power. Because oh. that TV show, that VH1 Rock, Rock, of, Rock of Love show was a monster. And it was... I mean, I had been lobbying for Brett for a while to bring him in uh, because he was doing solo shows. Um, but, you know, I was all kind of met with, yeah, maybe. But then Rock of Love comes out, and I'm like, all right, we got to get in on this. And I remember John Greenberg telling me, all right, we're going to do this, but you've got to have – you've got to sell some tickets for this. Right. And uh, so I went to my family and friends, and I put together this uh, little group outing, conveniently what, near the stage. What did you call it? Well, at the time, I didn't call it anything. It's kind of like the Super Bowl, right? It, it, was, uh, it wasn't named until kind of uh, after the fact, uh, or it didn't become known by Bitterpalooza until Bitterpalooza 2 came around. Um, <laughs> but... Oh, it was such a sweet deal for my family and friends. There were, or uh, there was the bar across the street, Game Time, yeah. and uh, in the old parking structure uh, across from the Bradley Center. And I gotten to know the proprietor, you know, well enough. Uh, and he was doing, you know, purchase some tickets, and um, they would run this special on maybe it's Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights, all you can drink for five bucks. And uh, it was a Saturday night that we brought Brett into town. And, but I remember asking Pete, the uh, owner, hey, can I get $5 all you can drink for my, for my group on this Saturday night? Just my group. We'll do wristbands and all this stuff. And, he's, you know, and he was a nice guy. I'm sure still is. And he said, sure. What do you think? And I said, I don't know, maybe about 60 people. Well, we had over 250 people. Uh, <laughs> and now they tore down the parking structure. <laughs> right. I don't, maybe Pete's not so nice to me anymore. Um, but, uh, oh, so many people ended up, I mean, because it was, you know, everybody, I hang out with people who like poison, right? So, um, and everybody who knows me knows I love poison and Brett Michaels. So, the uh, turnout was great, and uh, I was dating this girl at the time, uh, Melissa, and her she she loves Poison. Um, her friends, uh, you know, she's been to many a Rat concert and Poison and GNR, so she knew the score. And it was all coming together, and I decided, you know, maybe it's time I propose to my girlfriend, Melissa. And maybe since so many people we know are going to be here, maybe I should do it at this game. And I never, I was never one of those guys that wanted to do this, uh, but it was just things were aligned perfectly. And I remember talking to Woj about this. If you haven't, you know, the theme, I guess one of the themes today has been how uh, instrumental Woj has been in my career. Uh, in your life, everybody's in my, in my life. No kidding. I'd probably be face down in a gutter if it weren't for him. 
Yeah. Um, well, he works it out where Brett introduces uh, me. You. Yeah. And this is all. Well, it, it's set up really nicely, right? Because it's, hey, it's Brett Michaels. We can't wait to rock out a little bit later on tonight. That kind of thing. Yeah, he comes on the uh, uh, on the jumbotron. Like a, push, a promo. Hey, big things coming. Yeah, and and then he goes into right now. My good friend John Bitter has something to say, and I was supposed to be uh, where we did all the most of the announcements from that uh, platform section two twenty two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 207 south, for this south one. End, south end of the rink, right? Yeah. And uh, so I was to be there, and Melissa needed to be there, obviously. Well, this is all happening in the second period. And Melissa, it's the first intermission is coming to an end, and Melissa still isn't here. She's taking advantage of the $5. Oh, the $5 all you can drinks? <laughs> uh, and so I'm calling her up and I'm like, where are you? And, oh, you know, I'm over here. Where you will be coming over shortly. And I'm like, no, you know, nobody's, nobody's coming over because you're over there, right? I need you to come over here and start filling up these seats. And, uh, and then, so she finally, she comes over and I said, okay, Hey, by the way, I need you to help me out. Um, we're light on staff today. Uh, can you help me with a t-shirt toss? Which is not, that would not be an unusual request because we were all, like we've said, we had no money. We were, well, I guess we shouldn't say we, we didn't have any money. This is by the time Harris had bought the team, but yeah. we were still a little bit smaller. So anyways, I'm sorry, John, continue. No, no, but you're right. I mean, it was, again, within reason that I would have, uh, we'd have outside people help us toss t-shirts into the crowd. So, um, so I get her over to 207 and just, I mean, just minutes before this, uh, goes on and nobody knows about this except for Woj and Tim Van Wagner and and myself. I think Teresa um, did too, huh? No, Teresa didn't know. No. Uh, Teresa's, you, Teresa's Teresa Taylor who helps us out with the game ops on a, a game night basis. Everyone has seen Teresa, but she's always yeah. she's a behind the scenes person. She's the one preventing people from running up and, and waving on the video board as uh, as things go on. And she might have got a clue beforehand, but she looked pretty surprised on the jumbotron when she was in the background of what was going on. So, um, so Brett comes on, like you said, Aaron, and he does his little promo. Be sure you stick around. And right now, my good friend John Bitter has something to say. And uh, I've got the microphone. Yeah, so I guess Teresa would have known, unless I ripped the mic out of her hands. Um, and I, I remember saying, thanks, Brett. Like, you know, like he's... <laughs> Like uh, the, the right, and so then I turned to Melissa, and uh, I said, "Melissa, you know you've uh, been such an important part of my life. Will you continue to rock my world? Will you marry me?" And you know, I get down on the knee, and and if you haven't seen. If you don't remember Brett Michaels' Rock of Love, that was how it was a dating show, a typical show, right? And he, you know, picks somebody that makes it through the cut and somebody doesn't. And, you know, he would say to somebody, will you rock my world? And that meant that this person moves on to the next round. Much like Melissa, she was moving on to the next round. And uh, <laughs> I remember get down on, uh, getting down on one knee and, um, and getting the... Um, ring out of my pocket and she looks so taken aback i she was really planning on tossing t-shirts and uh now now i'm doing oh this probably... five dollar all you could drink to toss t-shirts man. <laughs> yeah. get a girl's hopes yeah. up uh, so uh she did say yes and um you I... know we do the we do the whole hug and the kiss and jumbotron cuts back to brett and he says John and Melissa, congratulations on behalf of myself, the Brett Michaels Band, and VH1's Rock of Love. We hope you continue to rock each other's world. You know, rock on. And um, sorry, <laughs> there's Melissa right now in the background. Uh, Interrupting our podcast. Listening to this, yeah. 
so, so exciting. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, and, and then um, there we were. We were engaged, and uh, we had her family came down to. Uh, I called them up ahead of time to be in attendance. We didn't have them with the Bitterpalooza crowd because uh, we didn't want to give anything away, but uh, they were there. It was a great night, and uh, certainly the most memorable Admirals game. Uh, that I had been to and probably will ever be to. So uh, let me just say two things. First, I'll put down in, in the in the uh, description here, I'll put a link to the of the engagement video because we have it. And so anyone who's listening here can, and if they haven't seen it, which uh, most Admirals fans have, they probably, uh, they can watch it again for posterity because it, it's, it's remarkable. You described it great. Uh, it, it was just, it couldn't have gone off any better, I don't think. Like, Melissa well, was thank shocked. Because I don't think, I don't think you, I don't think Brett Michaels recorded the alternate. The alternate ending. What could have been, right? <laughs> no, oh, that's too bad, man. Well, plenty of other chicks in the sea or yeah, whatever. But, uh, right. Brett Michaels would say. Uh, well, the, um, and I know you got one more point to make, Charlie, but um, I'll jump in just to say that according to Tim, Ben Wagner, who is up there helping Brett with this uh, with this read, there somewhere on some video, there's uh, Brett saying, "Right now, let's go down to my good friend. Who's my good friend?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, of course now we're best friends, legit. So uh, did, uh, my the second point I'll make, and then I got a, I have a question for you is. Did uh, after that happened, we were we were losing two to one. I think I think we were playing Peoria, and our team come back comes back to win it. And Rich Peverly in the locker room says afterwards, he's like that pumped us up. Like we saw that we were like legitimately excited for you because we were a small staff and you did go out with the players from time to time and you got to know them. Uh, like the guys thought that was awesome and they that actually got him going and we ended up with and you know that's not to say that's why we won the game. But it did get them going, and so you can definitely take credit for at least one win in Admirals history. Uh, yeah, beyond the championship. Yeah, oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, my other question, though, is did you and Melissa meet Brett that night? No. Um, we, we stuck around for a while, but there were, again, 250 people that wanted to uh, congratulate us and right. talk. So we hung out for a little bit in the Admirals locker room. Um, Brett had a, you know, he does what he does after shows and, uh, meets people. And, uh, I know members of the staff got to meet him, but finally we said, you know what, we're going to cut because we're going to see him again. Yeah. We knew in our hearts, I knew that, uh, this would, uh, not be the last opportunity to, uh, to thank Brett personally. And it wasn't, uh, later that summer we saw him in Waukesha and, um, uh, he remembers, I know he remembers fondly this whole exchange uh, because one of my buddies, a very good friend of mine, Patrick, um, who I got to meet through the Admirals, but um, works with Brett Michaels. And uh, Patrick and I went to a Brewers game together. Um, this was like a couple summers after we were uh, engaged and married. And um, Patrick, we were up in uh, Harris's suite at the time um, at the Brewers game, and he, got, he gets a call. Patrick does. And, you know, he's not going to take it unless he needs to, and it happened to be from Brett. And he's like, yeah, hey, man. And he's talking. He's like, no, I'm at the uh, Brewers game up in uh, one of the owner's suites with uh, John Bitter from uh, the Admirals. And pause. And then he looks at me, Patrick does, and says, Brett says hi. So uh, nice. Yeah. Was that what was better getting married or that moment? That moment for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Um, yeah. So we did get a chance to uh, meet Brett um, down the road and, uh, and we still get to as many Brett concerts as we can. Um, we saw one at Potawatomi, um, which is a great, venue to see yeah, a show a good theater yeah and um we were up against the stage and melissa was pregnant with the twins at the time um and it was 
so I guess our kids have been to a show. Oh, they've been to some, you know, afterbirth shows as well. So that's not a death metal band, but afterbirth. No, after, no, I was going to no, say, say is there's post birth. I, I could probably think of a better term than this. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, John, by the way, is my, for people, not that anybody really cares, but he's my favorite person to go to a concert with. Uh, hands down. It's a blast to go. And it's been a long time. It's probably been Mott the Hoople, like April Fool's Day. No, it was Night Ranger. It was Night yeah. Ranger the night before Sticks because. My daughter was born the next night after Night Ranger was February 7th. My daughter was born the next afternoon on February 8th. Uh, and that's why you named her Sister Christian. In a bit of a surprise. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly right. A Sister Christian, Jack Blades. <laughs> so, but um, you, Charlie mentioned going out with players. The first time I'd ever gone out with a player, I was with you. Uh, and we bump into Kelsey Wilson around – 1 30 in the morning and he says guys come on over with us we're going over to nick spalling's house and we've told i've told this story before kelsey's told the story Thur andreas thurston's told the story but we end up at spalling's house um that's the night that uh kelsey put the egg in the microwave uh and and almost and stunk the place up and ryan jones threw the microwave out the <laughs> over the deck because it was smelling so bad but i i was driving uh, a 95 Ford Ranger. And uh, the next day, when, uh, when I looked in the back of my truck in the bed, uh, there was an Alexander Seltzer stick that you had apparently taken from inside the place because those guys were making all these tables. They used to cut off the, the, the old sticks and make table, like coffee tables. And you had taken it and it ended up in my truck. And I still, honest to God, I still have the Alex Seltzer stick in, in the back room here. Uh, are you keeping it for me? Like I just got to come and pick it up? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a special memory. It's a special well, memory. Well, that was that that was a wild time. Not like wild, like, uh, you know, like rock band. It got crazy. Crazy party. Yeah. But it was just, it was fun. Yeah. And to be a part of it and um, all, so many of these players that come through Milwaukee, are just so welcoming yeah. uh, and, and want to make sure that you have a good time too when you're uh, getting a chance to hang out with them. And uh, that was, that, that was a fun night. And I forgot about that seltzer stick, <laughs> but now that you mention it. Um, yeah. Good times. And thank you for the comments about the concerts. And, and uh, I got to say you, your knowledge of music, it just blows me away. And uh that uh, that Mata Hoople show was a lot of fun because okay. I like Mata Hoople, but yeah. I mean, you knew it. And uh, yeah, that was um, good times. We'll have to, uh, I look forward to more of those down the road. Yeah, hopefully that happens very soon. What, what is your, besides Brett Michaels, of course, what is your favorite Admirals post-game concert that we've done? Oh boy. That's uh like asking which of your kids is the favorite, right? Yeah. Um, there are, I, I mean, we had, um, this wasn't the most popular, probably won't be on anybody's list, but we had Great White and Slaughter yeah. come in. And um, I'm a big fan of both bands, but especially Slaughter. And I just remember, you know, okay, the, the game's over. I, I think I've taken care of everything I need to do. I'm going to run back to the office, change into my uh, hair metal vest and uh, jeans and the whole outfit that I wear at concerts and run back over. And, um, and I just miss Burning Bridges, which is my favorite Slaughter song. Um, so that's up there, even though I missed uh, one of my favorite songs. Uh, but I would have so many groups with Bitter Palooza my family and friends and my parents coming out and they would bring their friends. Um, the, the concerts that we had with, um, uh, what's his name? The, the Dirk Bentley. Uh, that was certainly up there. And uh, Melissa got a chance to meet Dirk Bentley and I had all this. So she was working. We'd, we'd have pregame parties at Buck Bradley's that I really never got to enjoy. So Melissa was usually left running them and I had all of my, the tickets to hand out and everything in this 
like a uh, Samsonite briefcase and uh, like this old black hard uh, briefcase. And so Melissa was bringing it back to over to the uh, Bradley Center. And uh, I ran into her and I said, hey, I got a meet and greet uh, for Dirk Spentley. So she got a chance to meet him and he autographed this Samsonite black briefcase. Oh, nice. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, those Dirk shows were great because it was just so – the, the fans were so much into it too. Um, the uh, Huey Lewis in the news, I thought was a great show, but doesn't get a lot of, uh, it didn't sell that well, which I was disappointed in. Uh, but he did sign my, we are the world album. So that's a bonus. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Uh, fans will also note um, over the years, you have been one of the great, um, partakers in the Halloween contests, uh, the costume contests. Um, so you've had some great ones over the years. Uh, what what has been was uh, was David Bowie your favorite one? Uh, really Billy Idol. Joke. Yeah, Billy Idol. Yeah, that was a real inside joke there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so uh, I will uh, follow up on that inside joke. I, I was so proud of this costume, and I the reason why I was so proud of it because this is probably the, the most I've ever put into it. I bleached my hair. Um, I, I knew a woman that worked at a salon and she did it for me. Because I'm thinking, you know, I'm getting a haircut every four weeks. It grows pretty fast. I'll just leave it go for a couple weeks and then cut it short. Um, but yeah, I took all these steps with the bleached hair and I'm pulling back the human hockey puck. And our friend Meg McKenzie is naming off who each person is, pulling back to human hockey puck, and she called me David Bowie. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, Meg, I, Meg works in radio, right? She's—I mean, Billy Idol and David Bowie. <laughs> well, the oldie station played more David Bowie at the time than yeah, I, gu I guess so. Um, but Boy, uh, by the way. If you're at home listening and thinking that's a good costume, I should do the same. Give yourself more than a couple of weeks to work the bleach out. I remember in February, I still had blonde hair and that was, you know, in October and I just kept letting it grow out. And, uh, I, I remember my, I had my cousin's wedding and my dad telling my, uh, other family members that I looked like a, uh, a shorter, uh, thicker um ed bagley jr uh <laughs> it was just a awful uh awful look for me that uh stuck with me for a while that's great that's great do you have any uh, any shout outs you want to give because we gotta we gotta cut this off pretty soon any shout outs you want to get uh want to give yeah, well, uh, you know, I mentioned Mike and John and Harris, and I'll mention this too, John and Harris right now for keeping our staff going here in a time when so many sports teams um, are not, uh, are unable to provide employment to their staff. So I, I'm just so appreciative of our ownership now and uh, our leaders and uh our, you know, I mentioned the fans, all of them keep me going. Um, Player-wise, um, you know, Pekka certainly uh, was a guy that I really enjoyed um, hanging out with and spending time with. And he was kind enough to send a congratulatory video to Melissa and I when, uh, uh, after we got engaged. Did he really? Um, yeah. I didn't know that. What, you didn't get one? <laughs> uh no uh so i um been so blessed to uh be with all these great people to mix it that's what makes it john we could do this forever but we're going to cut it off thanks for doing this we really appreciate it i really appreciate being asked and to those who are looking for a career in sports um do yourself a favor and pick a specific area you want to go don't tell the person you're applying with, uh, you're, you're, don't tell them that you'll do anything as long as it's in sports. Pick a field. And sales is your quickest route 
to uh, to get there. Like we've like we've said, two thirds to three fourths of jobs in sports are in sales. Yep. And even if it's not, if even if it doesn't even involve directly ticket sales, I I would say 100% of sports is sales. Sales for sure. You're trying to get people out no matter what. So no matter who you are, if you're the president, if you're the broadcaster, uh, if you're a PR guy, you're trying to get people interested. It's all a sales job. Yep. There you go. There you go, Aaron. And on that note, tickets are on sale. For next season. For go. next season. Even though the start of the season is uh, exact, uh, when it'll be is unknown. December 4th. December 4th is the plan. It will not start before December 4th, but the Admirals still have ticket packages available, right, John? They do. And we're spreading out payments. So if anything changes, I mean, right now, the concern should be locking your seats. Right. And then we'll worry about the rest later. Thanks for doing this, John. Thank you. Good, Thank good you to hear from both right. of you. Thank you all for listening to this Milwaukee Admirals podcast.